Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. Comfort my people and Reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. Welcome to worship on this fourth Sunday of Advent. I'm Kristen Stone King, pastor here at Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, and so grateful that you have joined for this service of virtual worship as we approach the wonder of Christmas Day. I pray that this will be a meaningful and peaceful time of worship for you. The great light prophesied by Isaiah in today's text is echoed in the first strains of John's gospel good news, the light that brings peace, that saves the people from all that the world would extinguish, has been there from the beginning. The word is made flesh and dwells among us. This reign is now. Will we believe it? Will we continue to put flesh on it, embodying the peace meant for all humanity?
we see the star rising. We hear glad tidings. We know we are not alone. We thank you for the glimpses we catch of your gift of peace on earth, even in the midst of fear, of challenge, of struggle, even when we aren't sure that goodwill among us can be found. Ignite the flame of peace within us, that we might glow with its brilliance from inside out. and embrace the assurance that light is already here and always coming. Amen. You're invited to light your Advent candles now as we light the fourth Advent candle, the candle of peace. Today's Old Testament reading is from the book of Isaiah 9, 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you, as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden, and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken, as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors, and all the garments rolled in blood, shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom, he will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time onward and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. was a word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God all things came into being through him and without him not one thing came into being what has come into being in him was life and the life was the light of all people the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it there was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or the will of the flesh, or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he who I said, He who came, comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God the only Son who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. Will you pray with me, please? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may recall as 2020 began in January, the first Sunday of the year, I preached a sermon about the peace that exists at the beginning of the year. I shared with you how I love January because the busyness of the holiday season is over and how the new calendar year represents a fresh start. And if we stop and listen, we can hear the world responding with a collective exhale. It was a message about peace and how to find it and how to tap into it. Your responses to that message were very positive and appreciative. When lives are full and our pace is hectic, sometimes even frantic, tapping into peace is a welcome break. That reminder and invitation to peace was received with gratitude. Relaxing into peace in the midst of full and busy lives can seem like the reward we didn't know was waiting for us, like sinking into a comfy bed with down comforter clean sheets, and plumped up pillows at the end of a crazy day. Well, I stand by the truth and value in that message. But now, after 10 months of restrictions and a much different lifestyle for all of us, a little excitement, a little of the busy sidewalks dressed in holiday style with children laughing, people passing with smile after smile, that the Christmas song Silver Bells speaks of, would be nice. So what is peace when our days are already relatively quiet? What is peace when withdrawing from busyness into stillness is what we've already been doing for some time now? 
What is peace when for so many of us, our primary concern is out there, a specter unseen, but nonetheless real and potentially life-threatening? What is Advent peace in this time of waiting and preparing for the birth of the one who came so that we might live and live fully? A few years ago, I took a meditation immersion class. We learned about different kinds of meditation and practiced them from morning until late afternoon. In one session, we went to the part of the Pacific School of of Religion dining room that looks out with a view of the Bay Bridge and the cranes and ships at the Port of Oakland, where the view line of one's eye is even with the clouds. For a 60-minute session, we did an open eye meditation on the clouds, watching them form and change and move there and then not there. Below the clouds on the bridge and at the port, there was granular activity, but we couldn't really see it from where we were. We were at one with the clouds. Afterwards, all the participants were amazed by the experience And we resonated with one participant who said, there was so much happening. It was only after we had been in the meditation for some time that many of us began to feel a transcendence of both emptiness and fullness. Our scripture today from the first chapter of John is the last that we will look at in this series on the four Sundays of Advent. Among all of the gospel writers, John is the most mystical, writing chronologically later than the others. The other gospels are called the synoptic gospels, meaning they look the same. John's gospel, however, is different. Where the other gospels begin in the material world with genealogies and birth narratives, John's gospel begins in the ether. It begins in the void that was still fully occupied, the emptiness that was also fullness, inhabited by and at one with the word, Jesus, who was with God and was God, intertwining the persons of God and Jesus for eternity behind us and to come. As students of biblical Greek know, the prologue of the Gospel of John is one of the easiest passages of Scripture to translate but it's one of the hardest to fully comprehend. It has engendered grand theological debates and councils throughout the centuries about who Jesus is, how he comes to us, what his his true nature is, and what his presence means. At first, these, these first verses look simple to understand. But the longer one stares at them, meditates on them, the more they blossom and move. This is an important tension, this tension between the simplicity of the words and the elusiveness of their meaning. The sacredness and inspiration of our scripture, our words, lies in the space between what is revealed and what we look for in faith. The scripture from John 1 says, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. 
And so maybe the kind of peace we need to look for now is the peace that shows up when the world is already quiet, when activity has already slowed for some time. It's the peace that is waiting for us to recognize it, that is already there with us in the room, not like the impish elf on the shelf, but the cloud that is both formless and evocative of a horse or an angel or a portal waiting for us to look up and still changing every second. This isn't a kind of breaking away from the hustle and bustle kind of piece. It's a piece that we only become conscious of and can sink into when we've been still already for some time. There are those among us who are hermits by choice, and they can teach us about how to embrace from, enjoy, or embrace and learn from and enjoy this kind of peace. Two among them were profiled this year by the New York Times, a former priest and a former nun who have chosen solitary life together in the mountains just west of Asheville, North Carolina, and now minister through an online community of hermits called the Raven's Bread. You'll remember earlier this year when we learned about the desert fathers and mothers that, that, that this paradoxical idea of a community of hermits was common even then in the third and fourth and fifth centuries. Since the beginning of this pandemic, these two contemplatives that run the, the Raven's Bread have seen visits to their website quadruple. And they realized that they were being called in this moment, both to those who were voluntarily eremitic and those who had become very solitary as a result of the pandemic. So kind of like involuntary hermits. And so what does this community of hermits have to tell us about this kind of peace? Well, first they say that it is expected when one begins a journey in solitude that fears, worries, and anxieties come up because we can't distract ourselves from them. So we need to prepare for that. But the key to transforming anxiety-ridden isolation into nurturing solitude is the understanding that your own deeper self is always beside you and within you. This deeper self, this part that is connected to that place and state referred to as the book of John begins, that place where we are with God and at one with God, has always been present, like the intricacies of the sky, but not always recognized. And it is good. You are good and wonderfully made. The words of John reveal how we can face those fears and worries and anxieties. Hear these words again. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a parent's only child, full of grace and truth. Sometimes we experience our fears and our anxieties as shameful things. Or maybe they are connected to painful experiences that we feel are too terrible or scary to talk about. But Jesus comes to us with both truth and grace. 
The grace Jesus provides is necessary to be able to speak the truth. It opens a space of grace for truth. It provides an atmosphere and an assurance that there is a path to peace, to truth with grace. The second piece of wisdom from the raven's bread is this. Just because you are in solitude or living uh, eremitically or as a, contemplative, as a contemplative, it doesn't mean you can't reach out in concern and service. A lot of people are going to be in pain, they say. And if you know there's something you can do to alleviate some of that pain, do it. Even though we are limited in mobility, we're blessed with many ways of connection, technologically or through calls and texts or cards. Though the mail be maybe a bit slower, it still gets there. And of course, through prayer. And finally, the Ravensbread Ministry says this, embrace nature. Nature is the effortless companion to the solitary life. And though I'd say many in this congregation were nature lovers before the pandemic, new places and connection with spirit has been found outdoors during these last 10 months. As in that 60-minute cloud meditation, nature reveals mystery and impermanence and awe to us in every second if we pay attention. And the more presence we bring to our attention as we begin, the more that is revealed. Presence and consciousness in nature allow us to experience John's words anew. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was light of all the people. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. What I am saying here is not new. You have heard these things before. You have already heard them from me. But this is why we call our faith a practice. We come back to these truths again and again, these stories again and again. And each time we listen, We bring our attention back to God and look for incarnation. We are cultivating the practices to be as the ones who can receive him. As the scripture says, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. The great Contemplative hermit Thomas Merton said, Peace is not quietism, in the sense that peace is not passivity. It is an active, living, breathing engagement, and it reveals itself more fully to us when we pay attention and when we practice. Each Advent, we practice again the preparation of our hearts to receive God as gift of truth and grace. Each Advent, we have the opportunity to speak truth, even if it is just to ourselves, to peel away layers that block us from seeing or receiving him. This Advent is different in some ways, but still a preparation to be at one with peace. 
I believe in peace, even when I feel there are unpeaceful places inside of me. I believe in peace because I know that Jesus is coming and has come in the fullness of grace and truth and flesh and love. Amen. podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week.